I call myself a writer but haven't written anything of note yet. I'm going to be 27 soon and I've failed three driving tests. I'm going to be 24 and I'm living with my parents. Sometimes I don't make it to college reunion vacations because I can't afford the trips. I get around on the bus and train and Uber because I'm too chicken to drive a vehicle. Someone once told me that I'm nice and all that, but I'm no Malala. These are the ways in which I think I've failed. Hey Sindhu. Hey Nikhil, welcome to the first episode of our podcast. And welcome to everyone who's listening. I'm Nikhil Venkatesa, a freelance writer, and I'm Sindhuri Nandakumar. And this is Creating Life, a podcast about well, life, the creative process and being brown in the 21st century. So what we're going to do with this show is that in each episode we're going to talk about issues that we're thinking about that we think are relatable to millennials. And we'll also be speaking with creative people from across industries like filmmakers, artists, you name it. And we hope you like it as much as we do. So, Nikhil, too chicken to drive, huh? I mean, you're the one who failed three driving tests, Sindhu. Yes, yes, but you know, it's it's really weird to say these failures out loud to someone else because somehow voicing them seems to diminish my conviction in them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can definitely relate and I'm glad we're talking about it in our first episode. This week on the podcast we're talking about an issue that I'm sure all millennials are familiar with, the pressure to succeed early, to make it big and that too on a grand scale. Yeah, for sure. And you know, this idea of quote unquote hacking yourself to success and making the most of opportunities that things like the internet or social media have given us. and that is something that's just really difficult to process because you're not competing against just your small community anymore it's the whole interweb right and the competition becomes so much steeper but after that we'll also be speaking with a director sarjun km if you've not watched his short films lakshmi and ma you might have heard of him as the director of the feature film echarikai which released last year it's now on netflix india if you want to catch it and his upcoming film ira has a female lead who is truly taking tamil cinema by storm and that is nayanthara and for anyone who's not seen lakshmi and ma they're great short films you can watch them right now on youtube it's easy to see why they went viral and they have millions of views for sure okay let's get into our discussion so sindhu we're talking about the pressures of early success today mm. how can you relate to that You know, I feel like it's something that I'm not proud of, but I'm so acutely aware of experiencing. Like a year or so ago, I was speaking with a colleague of mine at the company I was working at then, and he's this man in his early forties, somebody I look up to as a mentor. And I think I was complaining about something really standard, like how I wasn't doing path-breaking work. And he said, "You know, Sindhu, sometimes it's okay to be a late achiever in life." And I'm sure he said that to kind of reassure me, but I was like, "Oh no, this means I'm already too old to be an early achiever." And and just for context, I'm 26. And it was really only at college that I started feeling this incredible amount of pressure to be successful at a young age. I I didn't really experience it growing up from my parents for sure. And when I went to college, Nikhil and I you we went to the same college and it was very competitive. It really felt like everybody had received some kind of venture capital funding for their scalable knife board making tech companies <laughs> or had three books that they had published one of which was being shortlisted for a Pulitzer and I was like, "Oh, WTF am I doing?" And each time I fell short of some milestone that I thought I had to have achieved like getting a certain GPA or getting 
into some elite academic club, I wondered if I was wasting my experience. And I wondered if there was another low-income Sri Lankan who would have made a better um, deal out of the whole thing. And you took a year off while you were in college, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and how did that affect your whole perception of the situation, seeing the people who you... Uh, spent I think three years uh, mm-hmm. uh, together with them seeing them sort of graduate and you ha- didn't graduate with them what mm-hmm. was that like weirdly you know that didn't make me feel bad I thought it would like my family thought that was it that I would never go back and graduate but I had a very satisfying year when I did go back because I was really in charge of everything I got that's how you and I met like I got into theatre in a more involved and sustained way no we met because you were taken that year you came back yeah. and that's when we had met yeah so but in you know, a way even joining a group uh, yeah. like the one that we worked on together for a play it was a lot of it had to do with coming back but I think it was really like the first few years and then the years after college right you see I'm you graduated two years ago yeah and we see all these people who are going to like the state department and UN and that and this and going to Cambridge for their masters on fully funded scholarships and I'm like what am I doing that's not happened for me yet, thankfully. I mean, uh, right <laughs> yeah. now, it's everyone's still in that, you know, free-floating phase. But what does it look like for you? Well, you know, when I was in my senior year uh, of college, uh, Penn, that we both went to, and senior year is the final year of college for all the non-Americans listening to this, I remember how crazy everyone was, applying for jobs, fellowships, internships, doing research for interviews, doing those interviews, getting recommendations, all while staying afloat for their final courses and uh, a final thesis in some cases, and then extracurricular activities as well. It was hard not to get sucked into it. If you didn't, it felt like you were setting yourself up for failure. Mm. Back then, I thought that this level of work and anxiety was normal. It's only looking at it now that I realized that it's a disease. An article I recently read in preparation for this discussion was published by BuzzFeed News in the first week of January. It's called How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation, written by Anne Helen Peterson, and it offers a historical and sociological perspective at this toxic relationship between success and self-worth that our generation has. Here's a quote. But these students were convinced that their first job out of college would not only determine their career trajectory, but also their intrinsic value for the rest of their lives. I told one student whose dozens of internship and fellowship applications yielded no results that she should move somewhere fun, get any job, and figure out what interests her what interests her, and what kind of work she doesn't want to do. A suggestion that prompted wailing. But what will I tell my parents, she said. I want a cool job that I'm passionate about. End quote. We all know that becoming successful, by success I mean the conventional version with wealth, status and community, etc., is an idea society hammers into us when we're children. We want the perfect college, the perfect job, perfect relationship, and all of these ideas are reflected in media and marketing all around us. Yeah, for sure. And don't you feel like, I mean, I'm stating the obvious here, but the internet and social media just exacerbated, right? Yeah, and uh, the social media influencer. Yes. And and not just the influencer, but also all the college dropouts starting companies and yeah. getting that venture capital funding that you're talking about. Yeah, and I, but I think there's another side to it. Where it's coming from, we know. There's conditioning, parents, there's uh, looking around at your peers. But why have we allowed ourselves to be so affected by it? Because I remember days where I get into this LinkedIn vortex and I'm just spinning down and down and down, right? And all it takes is looking at an update from somebody who's achieved something. Hmm. And today, I and I really, like you called it a disease and I'm going to take it one step further and say 
we are in recovery right now like it is and most of us are not even i think yeah i think you know one reason why that article on buzzfeed went viral is because it tapped into something that a lot of us our generation the millennial generation and you know i'm on the lower end of it you're in the middle of it there's mm. 30 year olds who are on the the other extreme of it right we've all been feeling this way for a long time and we haven't been able to put it into words and that's why that article sort of tapped into that i highly recommend you know anyone uh, who's interested b- uh, by by this subject to go and read that article because it mm. does give you the language that you need to sort of contextualize the millennial generation in a much better way mm-hmm. but i you know i i'm not sure how i feel there's something definitely very millennial about this phenomenon but i think and i i would say that our parents generation at least my parents had different problems it was putting food on the table it was supporting a family it wasn't the number of instagram followers they had or whatever <laughs> the equivalent was at that time but i think even that generation today it can get affected by these things right because they're still living in the internet age and they might have a different mindset that they were raised with but they're still seeing how their peers are doing like my uncle for instance can see what his friends and colleagues from 20 30 years back are doing once he reunites with them on linkedin well i mean what they called it back in the day is a midlife crisis right but <laughs> but i think what's different is how maybe their generation responds to it and that is like what is the road to re- like why where does this pressure come from and why do we let it get to us and i think part of it is because we don't know that there's another way to construct our reality that is our generation i didn't know until very recently that self worth doesn't derive from accomplishments i very genuinely and sincerely believed that what i achieved was going to define how i felt and that's how it should be um including the number of friends i have or uh, the number of followers i have on instagram and there's one particular book that really helped me see through that and it spoke to my analytical mind in this language that it really appreciates and it's called feeling good by david burns so on the surface it might sound like this handbook for depressed people which it definitely is and it's a fantastic handbook yeah i looked it up it really looks like a self help book it's it's like the it's written by one of the founding fathers of cognitive behavioral therapy and it goes beyond just you know uh, helping depressed people which i think is great <laughs> as a depressed person <laughs> it's also very to the point and it's an irrefutable reminder that success doesn't in fact influence how you feel and that only you do and i was like whoa 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 wait mind blown <laughs> yeah i mean it sounds so basic right my mom if she ever listens to this podcast i'll be like i could have told this child this but like, it's not it does i mean it sounds so basic but uh there's a difference between you know listening to that right that yeah. your achievements are lo- not linked to your self worth and truly believing it because yeah. i i understand you know what you're saying and objectively yeah i do think that but there's also another part of me and i wrestle with that part on a daily basis where it's like what am i doing mm. what have i done uh and where am i going next right mm-hmm. and these are all the questions that affect me and the decisions i make and the things that i do on a daily basis but sorry you were saying about the no, book no no i'm i highly recommend that book but i think that is the, the the two sides of ourselves that we're wrestling with and deciding which side we let win um i don't know if you've had an experience where somebody has told you that you're not good enough because of the choices you've made 
and how you prevent yourself from believing that and buying into that right like what is i i wonder like i've had people tell me that i was an idiot for wasting an edu- an american education on a social sciences degree Th- these I, are people in your family my my family members i've received emails <laughs> saying I, i have a lot of family members that i really love but i've received an email from an uncle who said i think you've wasted not a whatsapp message no it was an email right it caps lock most of it i think you've wasted <laughs> your life at age 25 and i'm like oh gosh he's really thinking about you this uncle yeah yeah <laughs> i feel about that but and then you look at other people your peers and you're like okay i studied political science but i haven't done any like path breaking research I do theater but I haven't written uh, Hindu you metro have, uh, metro plus I mean you wrote, you wrote a play after you uh, graduated call I mean in the year after you graduated yeah. college that uh, a, a company in Toronto produced But it's it's never enough you know and and the, and as creative people and this podcast is called creating life right so it begs a question what do we create for and I I I'm curious to know what that's like for you and I also want to say that for me a lot of it is now trying to remember why the creative life is inspiring and mm. why the creative life is something we seek even if we might never have gu- a guarantee of success and by success i mean those very external parameters right? yeah uh, you know an audience money a- awards fame celebrity yeah yeah a spot on the ellen show whatever it is for each person right yeah yeah i mean for me uh It's not a case of someone coming and telling me that I'm not good enough because I do that to myself on a daily basis. You don't need you don't need an uncle. I don't because I'm, you know, I'm my harshest critic and I tell, you know, every day I wake up and I, the first thought in my head is not, you know, you suck, but <laughs> the through the day, yeah, the second or third, so through the day. And and yeah, and you know, especially since, you know, I've I'm to my own devices these days. These are Because Be, uh, quit a full-time job. Yeah, because I quit a full-time job at a startup doing sales, uh, which I was not happy with. And being by myself gives me that gives me both a lot of self-doubt, but also the the ability to go out and 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 try different things that reaffirm or affirm, you know, uh, my desire to be creative. Mm. Um, I mean, why we do it? Yeah. because it's so frustrating because it's so there's no clear path because you you need to make you need to explore yourself a lot in mm. ways in which are great and not so great a mm. lot of the time it's mostly not so great yeah. um because it's because it's so mentally taxing you have to really love it if you want to do it yeah but that's also a little hyphenda right like this notion that you have to love the thing that you do because you are a writer and most days the like every day everyday drudgery that you go through being a writer is not something that evokes love and passion in you but mm. we have this very romanticized i see these writers on instagram who have their ink bottles and their uh, fountain pens and beautiful cursive handwriting and i'm like oh. i don't follow people like that on instagram <laughs> good for you i also don't use instagram that much I've see been. this is good so but i asked you this question uh, i think when we were talking a couple of days ago and i'm going to ask you again if you one day are nominated for the oscars and you put your life and blood into writing a screenplay let's say and you don't win hmm. and you see somebody else appear who you've silently judged who you think isn't as good enough as you who gets the award and for some reason or the other that essentially shuts the door on a lot of possibilities for you hmm. are you going to be harsh to yourself 
I mean, I, I need to get to that point first in that. To be an Oscar-nominated screenwriter is itself a huge... Okay, achievement. let's say you never get nominated for Oscars and like you write these, what you think are brilliant screenplays. You put your life and soul into it and you don't, hypothetically, get any recognition. Hmm. Is that going to stop you from writing your next screenplay? No, because... Because of this... So if you ask me this question like 20 years from now when I have a career and... and hopefully you know i get things produced it's, it's going it's going to be a different answer but mm-hmm. right now my my objective is to is to first produce stuff right write screenplays whether they're bad or good at least they're 120 pages they tell a story right because i haven't i haven't done that full length mm-hmm. bit yet um i've written short scripts but not a full length one right so for me that's it's to it's to try at the thing first of all mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't matter whether you succeed or for me it doesn't matter whether i succeed or fail right now but if i don't even try and if i don't get up and because i have the time now mm-hmm. i've got the resources you know i stay at home with my parents and that's by design because i you know if i wasn't staying with them i'd have to work a full time job to pay my rent and uh, i would be exhausted at the end of the day depending on what kind of job it is right so i'm thankful that i i'm staying with them and i'm able to do projects that i i want to do but you so that's my vantage point now mm-hmm. right uh but if you ask me like 10 years from now once i have hopefully have a stable of screenplays and if none of them get produced you know what's my headspace then mm-hmm. that i i would respond differently yeah and what about you i mean uh do you is there an ideal version of yourself that you see that you're trying to get to and are there days when you feel like you're not getting closer to that version of yourself and you want to and what's your headspace like then for sure i think i'm only slowly and i again use this word recovery because that's really what it is i'm in recovery from <laughs> comparison uh, whatever social comparison and and i think a lot of it is future based my happiness up until now has very much been milestone based it's do you hit this milestone okay if not and i remember telling a person the other day like all the ways in which i think i'm a failure which is how we open this show right um and i for the longest time felt bad that i didn't have like the draft of a novel sitting in my backpack, backpack. but i don't even think i'm like i want if anything maybe i would prefer writing non fiction but i haven't really allowed myself to kind of think about that and hmm. see where i fall authentically because i'm like okay gots to be the next jk rolling or whatever it is <laughs> and um it's it is recovery and i think it's it's for me finding meaning in the things i do every day because it, it is so easy to go down that rabbit hole and constructing meaning and that's something i'm only just beginning to like very consciously do and before i tell you all the ways in which i think we can kind of escape this trap i'm curious to know what you think like what are ways that can help us escape this trap honestly i i don't have a solution because i'm still figuring it out i don't have a work life balance right now because you know every day that i'm spending uh unemployed i mean conventionally unemployed i'm mm-hmm. giving myself projects but no one's giving me work to do right mm-hmm. my i don't have a balance between work and life i'm trying to work as much as possible and i'm and i'm also you know meeting friends and what not but that's very that doesn't happen every day right mm-hmm. so you know i i would i wake up at like 6 or 7 and i go to bed at 12 mm-hmm. midnight and i'm work i try to work as much as i can in those hours so for me i'm still figuring that out but one thing that i've realized recently is that my time horizons have shifted and this is something that 
I follow uh, the entrepreneur uh, Gary Vaynerchuk mm. um, and a lot of people online do. Uh, Gary V is his brand and he's sort of become a, an influencer on Instagram and Twitter. He uh, he worked in his dad's wine business and made that really successful and now he's got a company called VaynerX. But his whole philosophy is like, you shouldn't put pressure on yourself because you have the time to really make an impact, right? 23-year-olds, uh, even 30-year-olds, they've got their whole lives ahead of them, but they just put this pressure on themselves because they have this version of themselves that they want to achieve as quickly as yeah. possible. And, they, and anytime they look at someone else, they just keep comparing themselves. So what he suggests is take the pressure off yourself and don't be afraid to say, I will get to where I want to go. Um, and give yourself that that rope, that mm. slack, basically. Don't hold it too tight around yourself. Yeah. And so as a result, you know, um, I have basically reconciled that I'm going to build things step by step. I'm going to keep trying to uh, hit my milestones. Let me try this thing here, that thing there. This podcast is one of those things. Mm. So I want to give myself the space to become the person I want to be eventually. Mm-hmm. And... I'm going to, without you even asking me, tell you what I think. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, because, yeah, I do want to know what you think because we've we've all we've had discussions about this before. This is like a multi-year discussion that this we've is. been having. Right? But you also have uh, where you differ from me is that you you graduated uh, four years before me. Yeah. Um. There's there's that gap between us, and so you've had more time to reflect on this to go through the journey that I'm currently going yeah. through. I have, I'm, have more wisdom for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you want to put it that way. That that is how I want to put it. Oh my God. So, you know, I think one way of releasing ourselves from this world of incredible pressure, and this is so much easier said than done, but it's pausing, taking stock and saying, or asking ourselves, does this work for me? Does this model of comparison actually make me more successful in any way, even by these arbitrary metrics that I'm using? Does it make me happy? And are these are these critical and constant comparisons fueling anything positive and once we kind of if the answer to all of that is no and we take away that framework of thinking what we have is an empty space and that space for a framework another one another more productive one and i think what we can replace it with is meaning and this sounds again so new agey and like spiritual we could make this a new age podcast but I think it's a great opportunity that's born out of lots of turmoil to define what meaning is for us and what do I want to do when no one's looking? What do I want to create? And if it's nothing right now, that's also okay. And as creative people, I think we need to be okay with not creating for certain periods of time. And I'm going to go back to David Burns because he's the man. Um, he Feeling sh- good. <laughs> yes. He shares this great example in a podcast episode about this medical professional who was so depressed because he went and gave some talk somewhere and he only got a 30-second standing ovation compared to the last year when he'd gotten 45 seconds. So Burns made him make a list of all the things that gave him satisfaction, like daily activities. And he made him rate the level of satisfaction on a scale of, I think, 1 to 10 against each one. When the client actually got down to doing this task that he didn't think was going to be very useful, he was really surprised by the numbers that he actually wrote next to each of these activities because he found out, to his surprise, that going on a walk with his wife to the woods gave him more satisfaction than getting that 30-second ovation. And that kind of flipped a switch in him. And I think it's these small things that really help us create meaning and, hell, it's a work in progress. Amen. Yes.
with this tradition this week where every week we're going to share something that's really inspired us. Do you want to start? Yeah, so um in preparing for this uh, discussion, the the weekly art recommendation that came to my mind was uh basically that BuzzFeed article. <laughs> okay, we'll link to it. Yeah, we'll notes. in the show notes we'll definitely link to it and some of the other stuff that we've discussed and that article also um and the book Sadness Anxiety by uh, Alan de Botton, that's another book that I read uh mm. to sort of contextualize this. I would say maybe that's my art recommendation to go read that book because uh he gives you a sort of historical and sociological perspective on issues of uh pressures with success that people have felt uh for centuries mm. um and i would say that you know now in our current climate things are different with the internet but a lot of the things that he discusses they still hold what about you sindhu so i have another very new agey book from which i'm going to read a quote it's called belonging remembering ourselves home by toko partner and she this is kind of as you like, can see everyone she's more well read than i am <laughs> it kind of puts our discussion a little bit on its head but also not it's about comparing ourselves to other people and why comparison is okay but not too much So she says comparison is important as the following quote happens but in creativity comparison will only take us that far As Rumi's beloved teacher Shams Tabrizi wrote we can't find the truth only listening to our own voices echo we can find ourselves only in someone's mirror Hey everyone we hope you enjoyed this part of the episode To check out our discussion with Sarjun head on over to part 2 available now